Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run.Down postgame show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I'm joined by Khan and Jeff um, of Strictly NFL. Uh, make sure you check out the link in the description for Patreon. Um, Knicks win. 120 to 99 in their second in-season tournament game in the East Group B versus the woeful Washington Wizards, um, bringing their record to seven and five. Um, we will get into this game, but before we do that, I do have to do this. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action with MLB postseason, which has already passed, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything at your get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online app today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. <clears throat> All right, before we get into anything, Nick's man. Is Jordan Poole so bad at basketball? Holy shit. Like, man, like, I didn't think I, – I, I called last game. I thought, you know, this game would be his, his breakout game, you know, and, and the circumstances – You sure, you sure did. <laughs> and, and the circumstances, they kind of, like, lined up for him to kind of do so too, you know. No RJ, no Grimes, you know. He has DiVincenzo on him. DiVincenzo is still a pretty good defender, but, you know – someone he's familiar with, you know, um, you know, I just thought, you know, he's the perfect guy, you know, this is the perfect Knicks thing to happen to them. Um, you know, Jordan Poole going off, finally getting his game off. Um, but no, he was absolutely awful. Um, got benched down the stretch, eight points. Um, two of 11 from the field, 0 for six from three, just absolutely horrible basketball player. Um, Jesus, man. He is so, so bad. Like, so holy on, shit. On, on the first or second episode of Hot Hand Theory, um, I went on like a 10-minute rant about how bad Jordan Poole is. Like, I was just like, dude, this guy sucks. Like, and then a little bit afterwards, I was like, all right, well, we're trying to... I basically had to retroactively alter my adjust and just make sure to clarify like okay guys i understand he's actually like a top 0.1 percent basketball player in the history of the world like i understand he's actually really good at playing basketball so please understand that when i'm saying he's bad like i don't actually think he's a bad basketball player in a vacuum mm. but right now he is playing awful nba basketball he is he's almost unplayable out there because he doesn't do anything do any well he doesn't do anything well on the, on the basketball court. My favorite was he scored and Wally was like kind of rooting for him. Like Wally's a nice guy. He was, he was kind of like, yeah, Jordan get going. And then literally the next defensive possession, DiVincenzo blew past him for an offensive rebound and slammed it home. And Wally had to be like, yep, that was on Jordan Poole. He just stood and watched. And it was just like, Oh man, this poor guy. Like, I don't know he, if it's confidence. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's adjusting to a new scheme. I don't know what it is. Dude is not playing good right now. He's killing their team out there. So bad. So bad at the sport. 
Um, but yeah, let's get into all things Knicks. Um, Jalen Brunson with a another pretty solid game in this in season tournament. Um, had a really great game versus the Bucks in our first game in the in season tournament. Um, that was the forty five point um, game, I believe it was. Um, and this tonight he had thirty two seven and seven. Um, and I think you can really see the passing really pop, especially early on. He seems to really have some good chemistry with um DiVincenzo. He found him on a couple of um um passes um in the corners and i thought that was really um that was really i guess like showing because like i think we talked about here on the on a on a couple of the post games how like some some of these games where he had like six assists or something like that you didn't really like you couldn't really remember his assists but i feel like tonight you could actually remember like some of jalen brunson's assists because like they were that much more like prominent like he was really getting into the lane and then getting and then like spraying out to DiVincenzo and other guys um getting them involved which was very good to see so hopefully he can continue to mix this this um the passing and the um the the scoring all together yeah he had uh he even had a couple of really nice passes that ended up not being assist uh because of just misses he had one um Really, really nice cross uh, cross court one handed pass to uh, Divincenzo. Yeah, Divincenzo in the corner um, for a wide open three that Divincenzo just missed. Uh, really solid game from Brunson. A little bit uh, skewed positively because of the three point shooting. Obviously, not close to worried yet, but we want to see him get going from twos because that's more repeatable or more sustainable and more repeatable. And I'm not saying, of course, he's a good three point shooter. Of course, it's encouraging that he's shooting more three uh, pull up threes and he's, he's hitting them at a higher rate. I'm not trying to um, hand wave that or anything, but I do think it's important for his overall game to get back to where we know he's capable of inside the arc. And I, I think he will, but uh, it's just weird to see him continue to struggle. I and mean, what was, what was he tonight? He was, he was 10 of 23, 6 of 10. So that means he was 4 of 13 inside the arc. Just very, very weird stuff from Jalen Brunson inside the arc. But aside from that, um, look, he's in the right spots on defense. He's trying. He Up 13, he's beating guys to the, court, uh, to the ball, diving on the floor, winning jump balls. Like, what else is there to say about Jalen Brunson? He's just a really, really good player and – you just always you love having a guy like that on your team, you know. I think um, with JB, <clears throat> excuse me, the two point shots aren't anything different than what he was taking last year, right? So that percentage is not something I'm worried about at all. I don't think anybody here is. But something to build off of what you said uh, earlier on the day, Jeff, on on uh, X, whatever, whatever you want to call it, his defense, like I thought his defense today was pretty good at at the ball um, or on the ball, I should say, I feel like his screen management is, is a lot better than it was in years prior. That's the, that stands out to me in my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Um, he's like, like navigating screens defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think, I think that, um, and then uh, what he's doing on the weak side off the ball is like, you always see when quickly is on the court, you always see these drives by people quickly isn't guarding get stopped and the momentum of the possession stop because quickly stunts and recovers. 
Brunson is now doing that. And to have multiple guards who are, and RJ was doing it before he got hurt. Like it's really, they're really putting an emphasis on it. And it's kind of cool to see because for a couple of years, it was really only quickly. And then a little bit of Josh Hart doing that. And, you know, Brunson has helped quickly and RJ so much um, just helping their craft inside the arc. And I kind of have to believe that they're learning from quickly here where they're seeing like, Oh, this is why your impact's really high. This is, these are things we can control that, mitigate you know maybe some of our on-ball woes um and i've really really appreciated what brunson's done off the ball this season and i agree with you i I wouldn't say his screen navigation is like good like it's it's brunson but you know as rit holtz likes to talk about he draws a number of offensive fouls by falling when he gets screened Um, (laughs) and if i was a fan of an opposing team that would drive me fucking insane every single time i would but he's on our team so we get to root for it um and then yeah he's getting around him a little bit better i i would agree there i just i i think the main defensive takeaway from brunson this season has been what he's done off the ball yeah and to me it's noticeable because like it went from being not trey young type bad when managing screens but now it's like okay like you're not gonna you're not gonna die on the screen every time. So, so somehow Julius Randle dies on the screen when he doesn't even get screened, which is hilarious. I, I tweeted it on the on the Strickland account today when I saw that play. I, I was just blown blown away by how lazy that def- defense was. And then he points at quickly, like, <laughs> and then quickly looks back at him and he's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, like I'm playing in front of my family. You think I wouldn't pick up on defense? <laughs> uh but yeah i mean um yeah randall is an interesting player we'll get into him soon but um speaking of you guys you guys brought up um quickly in terms of how he stunts and recovers um i mean crazy how we didn't start off the show by just automatically praising emmanuel quickly and starting the six man of the year campaign um or at least continuing it um he's had a great start to the season obviously his best start to a season ever um since he's been here um he's struggled ever every year i think in the beginning of the year um so it's incredibly encouraging to see him do this just picking up where he left off last year um it's just great to see that momentum carry over from the end of last regular season heading into this season because this, i get that i guess there could have been a little bit of worry of like oh you know he struggled in the playoffs will he struggle to start the the beginning of the year you know he, he's coming off the the injury and whatnot um but there's no concerns at all um great game tonight 27.6 rebounds four assists one steal 10 of 18 from the field three of seven from three four or five from the free throw line um you know and absolutely carried an abysmal unit of deuce mcbride um fournier and um, whatever Josh Hart and I Hart and I Hart were doing tonight. Um, um, yeah, I mean, he absolutely carried us in the beginning of that fourth quarter, helped us keep that lead, helped us extend it. Um, just did everything possible to secure this win, and 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 you know, credit to him for continuing to, this strong start to the season. What's encouraging to me is I think. I think there's a lot more on the table for him because of course, I mean, what you said was spot on about how this has been his best start to a season as a Nick, because he uh, is a notoriously slow starter for whatever reason, at least with his shot. Um, I do think that he's going to shoot better. 
Um, is his is his three point percentage even over thirty three percent? I don't think it is. I can look um, oh, it is. Jeez. Oh, it's almost forty percent. Um, well, that's gonna go down. Yeah, I think um, he's picked. I think he's picked up the shooting the last couple of games. Yeah, he must have because I remember. Yeah, he must have because I remember it was like thirty two uh, a few games ago. But yeah, whatever. Um, I I still think he's going to shoot better. Um, he just seems to miss. I mean, I don't know, maybe my bar for him is too high. Um, And I just haven't, I I don't think he's fully locked in defensively like we saw at the end of last season right now. Um, He's getting, he's getting dusted a little bit too frequently on the ball. And then it's okay if he's not the best on ball defender, like nobody's expecting him to be Quentin Grimes, but for him to um, maintain his elite defensive impact, despite being just a good on ball defender, he has to be really, really in tune off the ball. And he's been great off the ball, but he hasn't been like, you know, guard Draymond Green great so far this season. I've noticed he got, like he got being the free safety that right, exactly. He, he got beat back door tonight. He there are just a few more lapses than you expect. Um, but he's clearly improved again, and I think. He's I, I actually think as good as this start's been, he's gonna he's gonna keep getting better, which is should be really encouraging for us Knicks fans. What was funny to me, Jeff, was <clears throat> you said I'm surprised that he's been or surprised that he's been missing. And I'm like, Oh, you don't want him to miss ever. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not passable for quick to miss ever, but nah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, my, my bar is definitely too high for me. I mean, I just think he's really good. I just think he's really good. And I think that he, uh, yeah, I think, I think he should play like he's really good all the time. So yeah, it's probably unrealistic, but. I mean, the shots that he's making, like, like his, like he in the fourth quarter, the game was kind of put away, I guess, but he hit that, that kind of baseline fader with a hand in his face. And I was just like, quick, man, like you can get that shot really whenever you have to and clearly he can make it i mean he's he's made that shot how many times have we seen him do that especially um when he comes off of a screen it kind of does that pump fake into into the turnaround into the fade from the from the elbow so it's just you know the way he scores the fluidity that he has inside the inside the arc now is just beyond anything i ever thought he'd have and it's only year four so it's a wonderful development I think a lot of his misses that like we've seen to this year are like I, I know as of recently he's missed a lot of um shots at the rim and stuff like that. Um I know there was that game, I forgot which game it was. It was a couple nights ago where he was missing a bunch of layups. Um I think it was versus hold up, let me pull this up. Who did we play? No, it wasn't versus Atlanta. It was versus the Celtics. It was versus the Celtics. He was missing a bunch of um, layups. And I think that's what kind of sticks out because he has been so good at finishing um, as of recently. So to see him miss a bunch of bunnies like he did in that game and, you know, his history versus the Celtics in terms of how good he is versus how he is, how good he is scoring versus them. um, I think that's what makes that a little bit more um, fresh in the memory. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he yeah, yeah, for sure. I um, again, I, I'm probably being irrational and just holding him to to do to to too too high a standard. Yeah, and I mean, all right, now his season averages look pretty good. I mean, they're they're a little bit better than they were last year. I mean, at least in terms of um 
numbers in, in scoring at least 15 points per game so far. Um, 3.4 rebounds, 3.8 assists, um, shooting 45% from the field. Um, and he is shooting 39% from three. Wow, pretty good. 88% from the free throw line. So, you know, pretty good numbers all around. Um, Jeff, you expect you said you expect the three-point percentage to drop a little bit? After tonight, right? Didn't he go two for six? Did, what did he go for tonight from three? Oh, he went three for seven. Why three did I think he went two for I forgot about the garbage time one where he got the roll. Yeah. I was thinking I was thinking two for six. So okay. So but, his three point percentage will stay about the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been really good. Um, he's been the one I would say him and Mitch, uh him, Mitch and RJ have been the three most consistent players um to start the year. Um, and you know, having three guys that you drafted and developed to be your most consistent players in they're what year five year six and year four years it's pretty encouraging um contrary to many fans believe in the internet but um yeah i mean what more could you ask for from these three guys i mean you definitely can't ask for us to be in the in those top young core rankings that got dropped today you guys know which one i'm talking about right I i did not see which ones Okay, well, where up. where where did the Knicks get ranked in terms of their young core? So, <clears throat> it was from Bleacher Report. Oh, of course, oh garbage garbage <laughs> website. And did they did they rank the Bulls ahead of us? Let me. I'm I don't know if you I don't know if you know, but right they now. have they have Kobe White and Patrick Williams. So. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, I, I love yeah. those guys. The Knicks can't compete with that. So, uh, they had a graphic or a post, and it said, "Who's the best young team in the NBA?" Oh, and they had the Thunder, the Rockets, the Pistons, the Spurs, the Magic, the Blazers, the Warriors, somehow young. I mean, I the guess. <laughs> <laughs> they had the Jazz. Oh, and they had the Hornets. God. They had the Hornets on here with, with three players highlighted. The three. You guys remember right you guys remember the Warriors game from last season where the Knicks just obliterated them and, and the Reggie Miller game. was um Verbally filating, verbally filating <laughs> James Wiseman the whole time. Like, oh my god, so much potential. While the Knicks' average age of twenty four just blew them out of the building. It was just, oh my god. Yeah, um, unfortunately, the Knicks will just never get the respect that they deserve because um, expectations are put way too high on them when they start to play well. Every conversation is about where we should be instead of where we're actually at. Um, but yeah, I mean, we I this game like the it's it's the thing about these games, these blowouts versus these bad teams, it's like it's sort of hard to take things away from them um at a large scale at least um in terms of um judging them just because like the Wizards are so bad, like they are so bad. Um and the Hornets were so bad and the Spurs are another bad team like blowing out these bad teams, they really don't tell you that much. Um, I will say some things that were encouraging, um, you know, DiVincenzo finding the shot for the first half, that was pretty encouraging. Um, I know Schwinn had um, made a point about like, you know, he, he's waiting for things to fully come together for DiVincenzo in terms of the shooting, in terms of the finishing, in terms of um, the defense, which is always pretty much there every night, but like having it all come together consistently. I think tonight we saw like a little glimpse of that, May, but mo- mainly with the three-point shooting, it was really good to see him hit those threes. Um, we haven't really seen him hit threes like that since that Atlanta game, I will say. Um, 
but yeah, what do you guys think about um someone like DiVincenzo's game tonight? I thought that um first of all, I was surprised that he didn't play more. Like I know quickly was playing well, but um and I know Tibbs doesn't do the like if quickly's gonna play, he's just gonna keep playing off the bench. That's just what Tibbs does. Yeah, there's no taking him out for a quick couple minutes and then putting him back in. Yeah, it was strange because Deuce was playing really well in that first half. Um, you mentioned him earlier, Sam, and I wanted to say something. I thought Deuce played a really good game, just overall. I thought that I thought that Tibbs could have that that would have been a moment to try it because he got quickly in earlier than he usually does. He got quickly in at like the six minute mark of the first quarter, which was nice. And when he brought Brunson back in for Deuce, it was around the seven or eight minute mark of the second quarter, six or seven minute mark. And I thought he could have just rested quickly and let Deuce go for like one or two more minutes um, and then got quickly back out there to close the half. That's just something you'd like to see Tibbs do. And like, I get it. I get, I get, he wants his guys out there. He didn't like that the Wizards were cutting into the lead. Um, and the, the overall minutes look too good. So I'm definitely, definitely nitpicking right now. I'm not, this is not a Tibbs rant by any means. It's just, I'm just saying it would have been cool to see Deuce play a couple more minutes. I'm surprised even Chenzo didn't play. Um, more minutes, but I do agree with everything you said that, I mean, he went four of eight from three and looked really confident shooting off the catch. And that's huge for this team. They need his shooting. That's a huge reason why they acquired him. So, um, yeah, I thought it was cool to see him in rhythm. I love his rebounding. Um, he only, he, he had four tonight, which is fine, but he really flies in for those rebounds like that put back dunk. Um, quickly did a really good job of that too. He got a couple of rebounds that were just him in the paint with the other bigs, just like rising above the trees. It was, I love that our guards can do that heart and even Chenzo and quickly. I love that we have rebounding guards because it, I think it makes Tibbs more comfortable with this small bench lineup. And I think they need to keep committing to rebounding. Um, what did you think, Con? Yeah, that, that's a great point. I think, you know, even, you know, RJ who's not really a guard, but he is a wing who they sometimes do play at the four for the, I think, his improvement as well on the boards, you know, I think his rebound averages are down, but the way that he attacks the boards has kind of uh, been a little bit of an improvement, in my opinion, throughout the season. I know he didn't play it today or the last couple of games, but just generally. Um, and then Dante, man, like part of me wants to say that Dante in the starting lineup just seems smoother than with Grimes in there. But I also know that RJ was out tonight, so there's a little bit more ball to go around than if RJ was the three and Hart was off the bench, right? So I guess it is what it is. Like I, I maybe I shouldn't be trying to nitpick here and there when we have nine legitimately really good players, right? But it's just kind of the wheels turning in my mind watching this game. I'm thinking just knowing Brunson, you know, just having that chemistry with him from college, I think it's easier for Dante to kind of put his stamp on the game without getting in the way of everybody else. Like, I think it just comes more natural to him, especially because he has more time in the league than Grimes. And then with Grimes coming off the bench, maybe he gets more of a ball in his hand because of uh, Quick being there and not ha really having anybody besides Quick to handle the ball. So, like you said, with your with your tips point, you know, this is not not a tips rant, not a nothing, not, not a nobody rant. It's just trying to see – Maybe if there's like a like a better fit for Grimes to kind of get rolling. Yeah, I um, 
I could see that. I could I could definitely see Grimes playing a little bit more at the bench. And the numbers historically are really good. I do think that um, Tibbs probably respects Grimes as, or excuse me, DiVincenzo as an initiator a bit more than Grimes. And I think he likes having a little bit more ball handling with that bench unit. Otherwise, he'd be very, very reliant on quickly and Arja. Um, but I do think that it could be good for Grimes to spend a little bit more time with that unit. So we'll see how that goes going forward. We'll also see how long he's out for. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And then just generally to talk about DiVincenzo, like, is there is there a chance that, like, Leon Rose did it again with this contract? Like, this guy's getting $12 million a year, and he's and he's very obviously, like, a starter-level player if you really had to have him as a starter. Like, he's probably the second best player on the Wizards tonight if he was there maybe third who, who is the best <laughs> I don't even know I, I don't yeah, even know yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean I, I had Kuzma there just out of like respect for the season he had last year but yeah <laughs> okay I mean Kuzma Kuzma had 19 points on 21 shots and had the worst plus minus on the team let's I don't know I thought DiVincenzo was probably better than him tonight but uh <laughs> Man, that is a good question. Who is the best player on the Wizards? Gallo, Gallo Bilal Koulibaly, Koulibaly, Bilal Koulibaly. Man, he's so a, good. What an odd team. I saw before the year that like some people thought they could be like a dark horse playing team, and I was like, uh, okay, dude. You know, you <laughs> know, with a hundred percent certainty, those Jordan Pool that like somebody, some NSA agent out there has a copy of Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma's text history from the offseason. They were going crazy this offseason. Like, bro, new Shaq and Kobe, you know they were you know they were talking all sorts of shit about what they were going to do. Oh, man, it's about to be scary hours up in here with us playing together. Man, putting two delusional basketball players who have, ever, who have already won rings together is insane, like, basketball, like, team making like you need to be put in a psychiatric ward for thinking like there was some type of thing that would work between like like there's something about those type of players like young guys that have already got their rings already made their their money like they have no motivation to play actual good basketball like they can do whatever they want on the court and like they know that they're set like they got their ring they got their bread what else is there to play for and they're both Delu- so Delu- delusional is just so strong. <laughs> they are delusional. They think they're really good basketball players and they're not. <laughs> and they're both cringe. Like they're both really cringe. Very. I mean, they're also very young too. So I think that's, that's like part of it. I'm saying this as if I'm like 45 or something, but I was, I'm saying, bro, I say, I forgot how old you are, but like, I'm, I'm 24. You're, exactly. You're 24. <laughs> I'm 22. These guys are like, Kuzma's like what 26? Fuck you both. And I'm already (laughs) like I'm already hungover as shit. Let's not talk about how old we are now. Oh man, but yeah, I mean the Wizards are obviously gonna be in the running for a top three, top five pick at this point in the year. Um but it, it was just it was just refreshing to see the Knicks take care of business. It was annoying how close this game was for the majority of the game. Um, like we should, we, we should Sam spend a minute talking, like reinforcing what, uh, what Khan said like five minutes ago about Leon Rose, like Johnny, oh, yeah. Davi- 
John, Johnny Johnny Davis didn't play tonight. Those those <laughs> those decisions kill your team. And this this Wizards team is the league's poster child for the inverse of what Leon Rose is doing. They're missing on I'm in the pick. Hornets. Yeah, they're they're missing on all these picks. Their free agent signings are terrible. They, their coach doesn't instill any culture. Like every single thing that Leon Rose has done since he's gotten here, the Wizards have basically treated him like he's George Costanza and done the opposite, except he's not George Costanza. He's a really successful general manager and he should be, they should be trying to embody what the Knicks have done as crazy as that's going to sound to other fan bases. The Wizards are what people think the Knicks are. This is just complete dysfunction and a super poorly run team. And I think, you know, it should amplify what Khan was saying that Leon Rose deserves a ton of credit for the signings, the draft picks, the culture, the head coach, just everything meshing together. It's a really good time to be a Knicks fan. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the Wizards kind of remind me of where we were. Um, not, I guess, like contract wise, because Kuzma and Jordan Poole's contracts are absolutely insane for the type of players that they are um, right now. Um, but like currently where they where they stand, I guess, where like with their um, their team, it reminds me of where the Knicks were before Leon got there. Um, but like they don't even have like the young talents of an RJ Bear, uh, similar to an RJ Bear or similar to a Mitchell Robinson, where you can be like, OK, these guys, we can at least bank on them being like rotation players or like solid like NBA starter level players. Um you know, a couple years into their careers. Um, so that like that's where the Knicks were able to at least have that little bit of a head start. Um, whereas the Wizards, God bless them. That's all I can <laughs> say at this point. It's funny because like I think that's what they tried to do with the Jordan Poole thing. Like maybe they I, I this we know what they try to do, like just rehabilitate his value kinda and see like if you get him out of Golden State, maybe he shows more as as a creator and whatnot, but like that's obviously going nowhere fast and it's only going to sink them more now because they played that high risk, high reward game. And now their, their books are fucked for like what, three more years after this one. So pretty much. I, I do think um, they, they did well with uh, the Denny pick and the cool Bali pick. I, I, I actually do really like cool Bali, um, but he's 18. Like, I don't know how much he's helping you this year. Like he's off to a nice start, but he is also shooting 45% from three, which nobody expected. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I don't think it's completely, you know, dead in the water. I just think that a, a franchise like the wizards really, again, really amplifies how well, what the Knicks are doing is guys, D'Angelo Russell heard the trade noise. He's two for two to start this game. Oh man, um, let's talk about D'Angelo Russell's former teammate, who is currently one of our players, one Julius Randle. Twenty-two, seven, and eight. Um, we haven't talked much about him. One steal, two blocks. Um, nine of eighteen from the field. One of five from three. Three of six from the free throw line. Surprisingly bad free throw shooting night. Six turnovers. Ugh, gross. Um, but yeah, how do we how did how did we feel about his game tonight? <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> Just, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like the ranch win went on the other day. Like it's just saying the same things over and over again. Like he had some really good possessions. He uh created a number of really good looks for teammates. He was he has a very unique sort of gravity in the way he draws doubles and the openings he's able to create for his teammates. Um he had just 
the most frustrating turnovers. His defense is uh, he's not even trying on defense. He he does not try on defense against teams he thinks are below him. I, I don't think his defense is terrible in a vacuum, but like mm. in these in these games specifically, his defense is really harmful. He just doesn't move. Um, yeah, I don't know. So he was fine. Uh, it was a Julius Randle game, and <laughs> we get to enjoy. I mean, prob- probably seventy-one more of them because again, he he Enjoy. just he, he That's he's a, very a freak. nice word to use. He's he's an Iron Man, <laughs> dude. Sam. <laughs> I, Sam just I, wouldn't, little... I wouldn't use the word enjoy, <laughs> but to each dude, their own. Dude, Sam has got to be like NBA fans' number one hater. All like he got on here, he starts the welcome thing, and he's 13 seconds into the welcome, and he's like, "Can we just can we just talk about how terrible Jordan Poole is? Can, can we just do that?" Like <laughs> he's so bad, though. Like you can't ignore how bad someone like that is. Um. But yeah, going back to Julius Randle, man, I like we've been doing this post game for what now? What this is the third straight year. Like we started halfway through the 21-22 year, that wonderful year, that oh so wonderful year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been repeating myself in terms of Julius Randle. Um, I don't even have any new jokes to make about him anymore. Like, you know, it is it's just what it is what it is at this point. And you kind of see. Um, like these games against like the Wizards and the Hornets, like where he's trying to do like this bully ball stuff, you really see how ugly it is versus really good teams. And we saw that versus the Celtics. Um, and we'll continue to see it against other good teams because like they're prepped for this. They have the bodies to handle that nonsense that he tries to do. And they're able to force the turnovers that they're able to capitalize on better than teams like the Wizards and the Hornets. And, you know, whoever else does. Um, but, you know, I, I keep seeing all these posts about, oh, you know, 25 points per game in his last five games. He's back. All of all NBA Randall is back. It's like, let's relax, people. Let's relax. We played the Harden Clippers, who are absolute dog shit. We played um, the Spurs. We played, like, who else did we play? We played the Hornets. Like, guys, we got to... This is what I talk about when we play against these bad teams. What are we there to take away from those games? We're not taking away that Julius Randle's all NBA. I want to see this against like top level teams like he did last year before I'm saying, you know, all NBA Randle is back. There is encouraging stuff there, but there's also a lot of shit. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if you think if if you think he's as good as people seem to think he is, the bar needs to be higher. Um, I don't get it. It's a weird hypocrisy to me. I don't get how somebody can be a quote unquote Randall Stan and then watch tonight's game and be like, yeah, he's back. Like this is back. This is it. Cause if this is it, I don't think he's as good as they think he is. Cause I just didn't think this was a good performance. I didn't think, and to be fair, I didn't think Mitch played a good game. I thought this was Mitch's yeah. first, like pretty uninspired. Yeah. His first mad game of the season. Like he, man, he opened that third quarter weird. Um, yeah, I, I mean, got you the said book shots over him. I thought like he should have easily been able to get those or at least contest them a little bit better. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you said what you said about Josh Hart. I completely agree with you. Like, I, I didn't think really anybody. I didn't love what Brunson did um, until the fourth, you know, or until the third and the fourth. Um, and like 
that sounds silly. Brunson with 32, seven and 32 and seven or whatever. Like, of course he played a good, a really good overall game. I'm just saying that Randall wasn't the only one who kind of mailed it in against a really bad team. But my point is that Randall's seemingly the only one who gets this treatment of like, Oh, he's an all-star. He's an all NBA player. And then also he's held to the lowest possible bar. And it's like, that doesn't make sense to me. The one thing I would say is with Brunson's non third, like non second half stuff. To me, a half where Brunson puts up, what did he put up? Like six threes in that first half or something like that. To me, I mean, obviously there's a lot more that goes into it, but you want him to get up three pointers. Like that's some of the most efficient offense the Knicks have. And so was he, was he, Brunson like for that first half like no but I also don't think that first half is detrimental to the point of where like when Julius is missing and I guess that's kind of the standard like or not the standard but like that's kind of true for everybody on this team who's not Julius like when they're bad it's not as bad as when Julius is um but yeah I mean I don't know I, I was just cool with Brunson's uh game because he shot threes and that's like the biggest um area that we can kind of use to propel us into that next tier right we talk about that a lot yeah i i i completely agree with you yeah for sure i mean nick shot 42 percent from three tonight 16 of 38 that's pretty good um it kind of goes back to like at least those first four games of the year where we were shooting pretty well um and then we kind of went on a downturn it's good to see the team start to get an uptick in that percentage um i wonder where we are on the year in terms of three-point shooting um let me show you if i can look that up real quick but walcott frazier says julius had this position that encapsulates his whole offense he did two jabs dribble step back brick nick's got the o board brunson immediately fires to julius who bullies it inside for two i mean and and that's not and, and like that is not sustainable like yeah sure against the bad teams that's that's okay offense um but Against the good teams, they'll make you pay. They'll make you pay for that. Like you, some. I mean, most of the time you get the offensive ward, but like, man, there were some possessions where like Julius is taking it up on like two or three guys, and it's just like, dude, kick it out. Like, there's there's shooters open, right? Now. And it's there just is... like it, it's just the same thing we we talk about all the time. It's the overall processing. Like, how many swings did he miss tonight? That that mitigated the advantage that was created and yes. made the possession a lot harder than it had to be. There were multiple times where Brunson or somebody else penetrated and they, it swings around and the ball hits Randall's hands and the, the one pass away, the guy right to his left or right is wide open. Like that's what the play is designed to do. It's designed to, and we've seen, you know, uh, it's not a Randall versus Obi thing. That ship is sailed, but like you see Obi make that swing bring every single back. time. Bring it back. Um, <laughs> and he just, that's not how he plays. He wants to slow it down. He wants to grind it out. And luckily he is talented enough that he makes it work sometimes, but the times he doesn't make it work are just very, very frustrating. Um, there was this one tweet from someone that I, um, am mutuals with. He said, the one thing Randall's particularly good at is seeing the cross court pass to the corner when a cutter forces the defense to collapse. Um, and there was this one play to Emmanuel quickly that I believe was the dagger, I want to say, or at least one of those like late shots that he hit in the game that um, that Randall is really good at and he's consistently been good at for the last couple of years. It's just a matter of like 
how many times is he able to capitalize on it and how many times is defense going to be able to read that especially if there's like no counters or anything like that to it so um, yeah i mean and this is the thing though sam is like and this is why it's such a frustrating conversation because i don't think we'd be we'd be analyzing his game this way if we thought he was a bad player i don't want to put words in your mouth i know you're not his biggest fan but i do think that we both think that julius Randle at his best is a really good basketball player and so it's just a frustrating conversation to have because they're like oh like you're an idiot you think Randall stinks and it's like no actually i don't i think he I can do. be a really good helpful player and he gets in his own way sometimes and that's why that's why the conversation is had this way the the best Randall play of the night to me was I forgot if it was the second third quarter, but um he had a play in in the far corner, and then quick flash to the middle. He hit quick, quick swing it to Dante on the other on the total opposite side, and then he hit that three just from like kind of the elbow extended, and I was like, dude, that's that's all that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Like. And I tweeted, I wanted to give him that credit. Like, obviously, Julius not looking at the Strickland tweets, whatever. But mm, Kendra might. I didn't want to say that, but respect. <laughs> um, it's out there. She is very active on social media. So she is. I, I hope, I hope, you know, she sees that and she sees the appreciation we have for Julius then. Mm, she um, doesn't see any appreciation from me, but. Well, well we're, hoping she, she, we're hoping she doesn't watch what you say about him on, on these rundowns. But, um, I mean, the hockey assist, man, like, it, it's so imperative because when you get the double, right, how often do we see when we double guys or when we really sag off that weak corner, it's not the first pass that kills us. We see that every time we play a good team. And if Randall can just make that decision and let the guy who he gets it to make that, you know, that decision to put it up, drive, kick it out again, or, or keep swinging it. Like, that is your recipe to beating these good teams that are going to really make you work on offense with multiple passes, multiple drives, multiple kicks to beat them in the playoffs. And then with Randall, Randall versus these good teams, he doesn't – I don't know if he doesn't trust his teammates or he thinks that he's just that good that he doesn't need to. Because there is this, like, thing where where Randall gets into these – I mean, we saw it with the mic'd up ver- the mic'd up thing versus KD. Like he he thinks he's Dude. on these guys' levels. Like he please don't reference that video. He he doesn't <laughs> have the level of self awareness that we wish he had. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, he's got to trust his teammates better in t- in terms of you know getting those hockey assists. But I I don't know if it's trusting or I don't know if he. I think he just really thinks he's like that, and that's a shame because. That video was so funny because like there was a there was a point in there when we were like down fifteen. KD makes a three and then Randall makes a three and he's like, right back at you, right back at you. And I'm no like, self-awareness. No self-awareness. I'm like, like, just, like just dude, he's, he's smoking us. He's smoking us. Come on. But yeah. Yeah, I I mean yeah. Um also I just want to put this up um for for Neo Schmidt. Uh, he had two blocks today, so that streak is over. Oh, he had no blocks before today? I don't think so. Well, you know, if you want to get your numbers up, play the Wizards. Yep. Given this is a, you know, there's really not much to talk about this Wizards game. That like Tay two one two, like Tay two one two just said that that Wizards team is terrible. Um, um, Kevin Knox tonight. 
let's give a shout out to Kevin Knox. 31 minutes plus 15. You know, he started he started for the Pistons. Good, good, good for him. Good for him taking advantage of his uh, his third opportunity. <laughs> How many points did he have? I know he had like eighteen or something like a couple nights ago. Um, he had. He had. 11, he had a double double. 11, Eleven points on five of ten shooting, ten rebounds, an assist, two steals, and a block. Man, no does time. everyone just bully the Cavs? Like, I just see like three guys here have ten rebounds in the starting lineup on the Pistons. Yeah, I mean, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen aren't really moving people, literally. <laughs> I mean, That's hilarious. the Pistons had 51 boards and the Cavs had 39. And they got a total of 67 minutes from Mobley and Allen. Man, they had 18 offensive rebounds to the Cavs' seven. Dude, the Cavs, they, had... they got two big guys. And, like, for what? They're softies, They're man. They're softies. Jordan Bubb just asked the question about RJ. Do you guys expect either of RJ or Grimes to play tomorrow? Um, man, I don't know. RJ, I don't know what's going on. With RJ's migraine. Um, I don't know if he needs to like get like a surgery for his brain or something at this point because like he might man, need a migraine. A bu- he might have what? He might need ivermectin from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, I mean like. This migraine has been going on for like what a week now or something. Like I don't know. Like it's it's versus the Hornets. Do we need him to play? I yeah, mean, I know they just Google. got Miles Bridges back, but I'm just gonna Google yeah. how long a mind a migraine or the longest a migraine can last because like this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. I've I I like I think I've had a I I believe I've had a migraine when I was younger and I remember just having like an excruciating like headache, um but like for it to go on this long I don't know, um, but yeah I don't I don't know if we necessarily need RJ, um, but it would be encouraging to see him back on the court at least to you know get some get himself in rhythm I think the Hornets are a perfect team to get in rhythm versus. Um, so, you know, if you want to like ease him back into the flow of things as he's recovering from this migraine, I think the Hornets are the perfect team, um, in terms of Grimes, maybe not his injuries a little bit more fresh, um, sprained wrist might be a couple more days at least. Um, but yeah, I think, um, RJ, if you want to get him right, or at least start to ease him into things, the Hornets are the perfect team. Even though they just got Miles Bridges back, I don't really think they're that much of a threat. Like, it's just, it's literally just LaMelo and Miles Bridges, and um, we already know how Mitch can handle the the bigs in, in, in Charlotte. So, yeah, I don't know. Are we going to be Miles' first game back, or did he like, come back? He played tonight already versus tonight. the Bucks. He had, like, 17, I want to say, off the bench. Man, they got obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> wrecked dame is finally starting to come into his own in milwaukee so there's that and malik beasley so mad we didn't beat the bucks in that first in season we easily could have beat them if randall plays like five percent better than he did and if the knicks just have any semblance of shooting luck like yeah they had like marjan beauchamp and jay crowder go absolutely nuts versus us which is stupid because beauchamp can hit free throws and jay crowder just got hurt Giannis went three of three from the three point line. Yeah, that was nuts. Just, it's definitely a game they should have won. I can't believe they ended. They still ended up taking the lead, only for, and the the we, we didn't even mention the refs. Remember they uh, 
Oh yeah, they call, they, the the moving they, screen they, that got yeah. all that moving screen that was just right in front of the refs. Yeah, man. Um, but to answer that question, I do think RJ plays. I thought RJ was gonna play today because they said he walked in the arena with a smile, whatever that meant. And wasn't he up to he up, he was upgraded to game time decision, game time. so yeah. he might play tomorrow. Um, cool. they probably didn't. I think. Dibs didn't respect the Wizards enough to... It was probably no, one or the other type of thing. Uh, Begley or Katz just reported that RJ made the call. That Tibbs, oh. wanted, Tibbs wanted RJ to play, and RJ said, I don't think I'm ready. Mm, so RJ doesn't respect the Wizards. Ooh. Nice. What if RJ uh, doesn't respect Tibbs? Jesus. <laughs> I don't, at, this, at this point, I think... I, we, we can say whatever we want about Tibbs on here. You know, you can... We can, we can nitpick. We can be frustrated with certain aspects of it. But I, I do firmly believe that everybody on the Knicks is at least in the Knicks rotation is united on the Tibbs train. I, I, yeah. I think they all, I think they all would go to war for that guy, which is a really good quality to have, obviously. Um, One Evan Fournier made his season debut who is not in the rotation and is not fond of Tibbs. Um, his minutes were <laughs> interesting. Um, Let's never see him on the court again. Dude, yeah, he's my, my 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 dad watched I watched the game with my dad. He came over to my place and um he kept saying, What's the point of him being out there if he can't do if he can't make shots? And I was like, Yeah, there, there's no point to him being here. You you got it, you, you're answering the question. <laughs> there's I mean, yeah, I mean stinks because I still believe the Knicks had the right idea when they signed him, but he's just yeah, he's just cooked. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's, like, honestly, that's all there is to it, man. Like, that year before we signed him, he was, I'm pretty sure, setting, like, career highs in all his inside-the-arc stuff or somewhere near there. Like, I remember seeing Tyrese, coincidentally enough, um, post, like, career highs and free throw rate and stuff like that. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm all in on this guy. Let's do it. And then about 70 five percent of the way into that first year it was just like okay he's not the guy i thought he was i mean so his first his first year was interesting because he broke the three-point record obviously um he had those amazing games versus the celtics um but yeah he was um yeah um let's just not see him on the court again um i don't know what they can get for him if anything at all, or if any team would even be interested in him at this point. Um, but yeah, he serves literally no purpose um, in being on the court at all. There's, like, a, there's there's another guy. I mean, he ended up playing, well, maybe not with the garbage time minutes at the end, but at least, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, he, oh yeah, he still ended up with two more minutes. He played two more minutes than Deuce. Like, just flip there. Let, I know, I know Tibbs likes the roles sam you talked about this on the last pregame and you talked about it on twitter today so it's okay to just have brunson deuce and quickly out there together like they'll figure it out i i know oh quickly's not a small forward like he has crazy length and he works his ass off he can guard pull all cool about or you know like they're already doing cross match cross matches anyways and deuce and quickly can take pool and tyus jones and brunson can guard cool Bali. you know like um, there was just no reason for Fournier to get 
minutes over Deuce in this game when Deuce was playing well and Fournier was offering nothing. I, I honestly would have rather seen Dylan Windler out there or whatever his name is. Like, Daquan? I, I bet we will. I bet we will. Like, I, I bet tomorrow if RJ and I think there are not, I bet. I think there's a possibility we see Dylan Windler tomorrow if both RJ and Grimes are out again. Because Fournier was awful. He was unplayable. I think Fournier just thinks he's like the the Bugatti in the rundown house meme. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> in, yes. in that garage? Yes. yes. Okay. Like he he thinks that's him, bro. He thinks like, you know, I'm a 40% three-point shooter and they're holding me back from being effective and winning ball games. Like, no, dude. Delusional. He should go to the Wizards. That Delusional. that totally fits his M- MO if that's what he's, his mindset is. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Fournier would have been perfect for the year that before we got him. Like he would have been better in that year's Knicks, like as opposed to the year that he joined us. And I, 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 I consistently feel that we should have kept Alec Burks over him. Like um, the fact that we got rid of Alec Burks who can do so much more with the ball in his hands and is just a better basketball player than Evan Fournier. But yeah, hopefully we can, you know, maybe snatch him from Detroit, whatever the hell they're doing over there. I mean, I would agree, but I don't think we have like an avenue for him to really play. Yeah, we do. We, we talked about that. We talked about this last post game. I don't see. I don't see yeah. how Alec Burks plays for the Knicks. I don't. Well, Dibs loves him, so he'll find a way. Hey, no, after the I'm, after the star trade, bring him home. Sure, that's <laughs> fine. Um, but I, no, Sam, you're right. He will play. But what I'm saying is, I don't see how it's it's already crowded at the guard spot. And Alec Burks, yes, just sure, force he it, it. It would probably just force Dibs to play the play smaller, longer. Yeah. But it would also, you know, cap cap our guys' minutes even more. And we know Very Tibbs, true. he's not going to take minutes from, you know, Brunson or Randall. And, and he, as he shouldn't, um, I'm not saying he should. But if those minutes are already off the table, then it's like, how how is anybody else going to get 25 minutes a game? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I spoke about the rules. Um, I, I like that you brought that up. Um, just because a lot of people, you know, Today on Twitter, they kind of saw DiVincenzo starting. Um, and I guess we're at least shocked or upset. I felt nothing because, as you mentioned, I kind of called it on the last post game. I said that DiVincenzo would start if um, Grimes is out just because Dibs has set roles for every single player. So if he sees this guy in this one role, like no matter how much he'll like play IQ with Brunson at the two, if someone's out in the starting unit, he'd rather just start with an actual with someone that he sees in that two role as opposed to IQ because he sees IQ as the one. Um, if that makes sense, I think it makes sense. But um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like he just has set roles for guys, and he's not going to really deter from them, especially when um, the rotation is as short as it is, and you know, that's just the way he rolls with things and that's just the way he's been doing things too. So I don't think he's really going to deter from that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good talk, guys. Good Sorry. talk. Great, great, great analysis from the from the panel. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, J- James Harden turnover in his first possession of the game. You love to see. Oof, it. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be rough. It's gonna be a rough game for him tonight. I think. Um, Houston, they are not a joke of a team anymore. Like I heard, I heard Sam had a James Harden first turnover somehow. I <laughs> wish that was a bet. I wish you could bet on turnovers. <laughs> on FanDuel and stuff like that, because I would definitely make a ton off Julius Randle turnovers. What? The what, overs what? on those? Where, where was that? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I use a multitude <laughs> of books. I use a multitude of books. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, man, if you could bet turnovers on a, a lot of places, it would, oof, Julius Randle turnovers would be cash money. Are you sure you can't bet turnovers on DraftKings? You might be able to. I okay. just don't know if there's like an over underline set at them. Like right. If it's like yeah. a one or a two or, you know. But like, man, if you could like, Julius Randle's turnovers would probably be set at like point, uh, like point, like not even point, like 3.5. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> 48 a fucking traffic cone but that's my guy <laughs> if, if if Fournier is your guy at this point in his NBA mean? career or like he's just his Knicks tenure man you are one loyal guy I'll say that hey man, Fournier hasn't I, shown anything to I, be a fan of him right now unless you're like someone, French as someone who remains loyal to another Frenchman I uh, I can. Oh, I, at I, least I, he's I, good at something. <laughs> he is good at. Like something. Frank has consistently shown that like he can be a key defensive player for you in the playoffs at the very least. He, Fournier. Yeah, the Mavericks don't beat the Suns without Frank. I can I can say that for the rest of my life, and it's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Fournier, God bless his soul. He made a lot of money, <laughs> and he broke a Knicks season three point record. He'll always have those. That matters. That matters more than playing well. To some people, yeah. Sadly, um, but yeah, I think um, I guess we can talk about this next game. Hornets tomorrow. Um, I most likely won't be on post game tomorrow. Um, but yeah, um, play the Hornets. I think we should win, despite whether we have Grimes and RJ or not. Um. I don't really think that those two should matter that much versus a bad team like the Hornets. Like, I think Julius Randle should be able to bully the Hornets. I think Mitch should be able to have a good bounce back game as he dominated this matchup before. Um, um, I think Jalen Brunson should be able to take care of the awful um, point of attack defense of the, um, the Hornets. Like, this is a really bad basketball team. The Knicks should be able to comfortably win this game um, no matter what. I know it's a weird back-to-back 6 p.m saturday night game but the knicks should be able to take care of business like i i'm not that worried if they lose (laughs) but um (laughs) but yeah i think that they should beat the hornets handily the hornets are also coming off a back-to-back against a really good milwaukee team that just beat the shit out of them so i don't know if that factors into how well they play tomorrow but yeah it 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 would be really encouraging if they uh if they beat Charlotte again. Not not because beating Charlotte is encouraging, but because 
I firmly believe that the mark of a really good team is just taking care of business and games you're supposed to. And the Knicks have done that every single uh, all season long, with the exception of losing to the injured Cavs at home. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I I agree with your analysis, Sam. I think they should be able to get pretty much whatever they want, and I I think they'll I think they'll end up winning pretty comfortably. Yeah, if we don't, I'll be pissed. That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, after the Hornets game, who do we have? We have the Tim, Tim, Timberwolves Monday. Ooh, that is a very interesting game, actually, I think. Um, they are, what, the number one defense in the league? Yep. Um, yeah. And Anthony Edwards has been pretty good to start the year, I want to say. That's really good, it lightly. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's, he's like the one. Have. He's like the one FIBA guy that like hasn't struggled really to start the year. I want to yeah. say, like most of the other FIBA guys have been really and Halliburton and struggled. Yeah, him and Halliburton, they've been the two best FIBA guys. <laughs> I know that kills Khan because um, he absolutely can't stand Halliburton. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, those two have been absolutely lighting it up since FIBA. They've take they've taken that summer FIBA leap as RJ has. Um, but yeah, the rest of that FIBA team, God bless them. They need to <laughs> work on something. I don't know, but, but yeah, I think that game is going to be really interesting. Um, and hopefully RJ's back for that game. It would be nice to see RJ match up against some um, Anthony Edwards, see those two go at it maybe. Um, yeah, especially, I mean, that's always a circle of the calendar game for RJ after what Edwards said about him a few years yeah. ago. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully RJ can, you know, eat a bottle of Tylenol and be good. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then you got Mitch versus Gobert and Cat in the paint. Um, our, um, Randall versus his good buddy, um, Cat, who he's, who, he's, who he's probably fawning for the team to get, um, bring over. Um, and then you have, you know, Jalen Brunson, who I think should be able to take care of the matchup of um, Mike Conley, I know Mike Conley's been pretty solid to start this year. Um, but yeah, I just think this is really like a really interesting matchup for the Knicks early in the year against a really good um, Timberwolves team. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, as most people probably remember, the Timberwolves are the game that Julius went off uh, in last season. Scored, what did he score, Sam? 56? 57, I believe. 57? Yeah. Um, but that was, that was the Torian Prince game. And so the... Uh, <sighs> The Timberwolves ended up scoring a million points, and yeah, uh, I I don't think this game is going to look like that. I think it'll be more of a defensive grind. I think that the Knicks uh, struggle a little bit when they can't get to the basket. Like as we've seen, when there's elite rim protectors, they kind of end up stagnating and just resetting possessions over and over again. So I'll be interested to see if Gobert is able to discourage them. And then also I think Tibbs is going to look to attack power forward towns when they're on the court together. So I'll be very interested to see what, uh, what they do to try and go after towns playing out of position. All, all I know is that I like, this is not game analysis at all. So sorry to follow <laughs> up what you said with this, but like we need to have the red carpet out for Anthony Edwards. Cause we cannot let him go to the heat. That, that's I mean, Edwards would be a. I, I would be 
very excited to have. But I don't think I, I feel like the Timberwolves are just going to keep him, don't you? I mean, I'd rather he stay there and go to the Heat. But like, he, he and Spo had like this weird affair going on during FIBA. Like he was like, yeah, I love Anthony Edwards' game. He's so good. And then Anthony Edwards is like, love Coach Spo. He's done so much to help me <laughs> this off season. I love the culture in Miami. And then it was like, please no, man. Yeah, that would suck. Um, also, Torian Prince isn't there anymore, so we can't have another Torian Prince game. We can have a Jason yeah. McDaniels game. Right. I was exactly. I was gonna say it'll. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I I I know the I know who can go off against us. It's like it's like it's like a machine in my mind right now. Like I just know. Yeah, uh, Jay, Jay, I was wrong Jay. about Jordan Poole today, but like Jordan Poole's like a special brand of garbage. Jaden McDaniels is actually a good basketball player. So like, no, but exactly. So it's not going to be him, bro. Like, it's it's going to. Torian be... Prince has been like pretty semi decent for the Lakers. He's had a pretty he's had a couple fake games this year. Sam, it's going to be Troy Brown. <laughs> fake games, dude. <laughs> Troy Brown. All right, Con, go to sleep. <laughs> Troy <laughs> Brown. Man, I, you know what? I I wouldn't put it past like something like that happened to bro, the Knicks, honestly. Or you know what? Shake Milton. Does he play? I don't even know. Yeah, no, but... Shake Shake plays. Shake does play. Shake. Oh, it's gonna be Shake or it's gonna be Nas Reed. Oh my god, it's gonna be Nas well, Nas Reed. Oh, Nas Reed's yeah. good. Nas Reed's good though. Yeah, but like not I could see like Nas Reed going up for like 25 versus off versus us for something that like he usually gets the, the the calm 15, you know, a game or something like that. But like I could see him going off for for 25. I, I got it. I know who's going off. The three name dude, Nikhil. Oh, I was just about to say that. Oh my god, he's going, he's going versus Canadian brethren versus Canadian (laughs) brethren. Oh my god, yeah, I could see it. Virginia Tech product, how special! Oh my god, I could see it. It's gonna be him, Milton, or get this, Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson's just just gonna randomly start shooting threes versus. Dude, I was thinking, like, okay, I was really between Kyle and Troy, and then I was like, I have more respect for, for the New Jersey native. Than, than to put him on that bad player who lets up the Knicks category. No, I just see Kyle Anderson as being the guy who doesn't shoot threes to shoot threes versus the Knicks and make them. Like that's the a problem classic. is okay. the problem is, is Tibbs it, Tibbs obsesses over closeouts and rotations, and Kyle Anderson's release is so slow. Yeah, like but who's gonna be the one on him? Like he's gonna be like Julius, like that's you know, that's, inter- that's, that's, inter- that's interesting. That's interesting. That's a really good on. point. I know how this goes. Come on. It's going to be Julius going like, eh, I don't need to close out on Kyle Anderson. And Kyle Anderson just starts lighting it up because he has a million seconds to load up that catapult to throw out of a three-pointer. Um, Sam, Chris Bernhard raises a very good point. What the hell were you talking about yesterday? Bruh, that that was a joke. That was oh, a joke. okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Dude, it, it's hard to tell from from, you know, Twitter. If you're being I just, sarcastic. there's things nope. you can joke. There's things you can joke about, and then they're saying Dark Phoenix is a good movie. All right, like that. Yeah, Dark Phoenix is like actually terrible. Like I legitimately think that's a bad movie. I haven't seen it in full, but I've seen a, a good amount of it to know that it's bad. But that was a joke because, like, the point of that video is that everyone using was using that video to say that bad movies were good. Um, but yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to pick like one of the worst movies possible and say that it was good. And you picked I, a good one. You I did. A good one. I yeah. did. 
because Dark Phoenix is really bad. Um, really and bad. hopefully someone can do something well with the X-Men franchise. Um <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Poole of movies. <laughs> That's really fucking good. Shout out to Walt Clyde Frazier. Dark Phoenix is the Jordan Poole of movies. Oh, oh man. If you guys are Star Wars fans, I also think The Rise of Skywalker is up there for the Jordan Poole of movies. But I mean, I'm... The Rise of Skywalker isn't the worst Star Wars in that trilogy, but it is quite bad. Not a bad take. I'm, I'm not there with you because... Dude, if you, if you want, if you want, if you want me to send send everyone to sleep, I will just rant for the next thirty minutes about how the Last Jedi is the worst movie ever made, the worst movie ever made, and fuck anyone who thinks otherwise. What the we'll, hell? We'll end off strictly in the hell this week with talking about Star Wars. That's what we'll the do. thing is: is the Rise of Skywalker couldn't do anything. They were put in a box. Like the Force Awakens was not good, but it was fine, and there were tons of interesting threads opened up. And the last Jedi was like, no, fuck that. We're gonna ruin every single thing about this trilogy and make sure that the ninth, the the last movie in the trilogy has no chance. The it was with, the thing with the last Jedi. Like, besides all all the bullshit with Luke and all that stuff, if, if they started it. <laughs> they started it right after the end of Episode Seven. So, Ghoulies. so in in a new trilogy where where we have tons of new characters. And you just killed Han Solo. We we don't have any development going on in the first two movies. We have to jump to this trilogy that not only has to develop them, but has to undo the stuff they did in Episode Eight. And like, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, everybody, dude. Rose's character is introduced to us. We, the audience, are introduced to her as the sister of someone who died for the cause. Then she zaps Finn, she zaps Finn because Finn yep. is about to abandon the cause he's going to be a coward and a traitor then at the end of the movie he's about to sacrifice his life for the cause she stops she him she stops him she, stops, she him. stops him kisses him and they use the laser beam killing their friends as a romantic backdrop to their first kiss like literally their friends are dying because Rose stopped Finn from killing himself her, their friends are dying, and they use that laser beam as a romantic backdrop. And she says, oh, we're not going to win by killing what we hate. We're going to win by saving what we love. No, bitch, you're going to lose because you just stopped her him from saving everybody. You're literally going to lose. She didn't know, oh, my God, it is the worst fucking movie ever. I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe. Jesus, man. Sorry. Oh, man. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Think, I no, think this, no, we, we I got think the chat this... turned up. <laughs> Look at this. Fuck yeah, Chris. And I, by, by the way, wait, I just, I just want to say one thing. I said I shouldn't call a woman a bitch because I think her character's bad. That's poor taste. So I apologize for that. That was that was a an emotional response to a terrible movie. Not her. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. The writers made her character illogical and bad. Oh man. Um, Ryan yeah. Johnson, don't don't you're not safe in these streets, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> but he made Knives Out. We know he's talented. Like I don't understand what he was doing. It's like <laughs> this sounds like how we talk about Julius Randall when he's like shitting himself. <laughs> it's like, hey, we know you can do this. Why are you doing that instead? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we know what he's capable of. Like, why? Well, what is he? Why did he do this? Why did I sit? Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Oh, oh remember man. how they introduced a villain in The Force Awakens? Nah, we'll just kill him. He didn't matter. We'll learn nothing about him. That's cool. See ya. <laughs> you fools. He uh, meant nothing. Yeah. We're no. subverting your expectations. Yeah, great movie. Good good movie making. We're just going to throw shit at the wall and hope something sticks. God. <laughs> uh, JL there says, we are so traumatized <laughs> as fans. No way other fans go through the roster every game. MC was going to torch them. I mean... That's like part of the fun of being a Knicks fan, though. Like you have to like turn the trauma into like a game, so it's not as traumatizing. Um, you know. And then you pl- and then you place parlays. On yeah, exactly. And then you <laughs> profit off the trauma. So like, is it really trauma? Question mark. That sounds like the definition of trauma: profiting off of bad things that happen <laughs> to you. Like that is. I yes yes I that is it, that is trauma. I see it as something else. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, we can use the T word. We can use the T word if that makes us uh, all feel better. Um, but yeah. Um, so right, I, I I have to say one thing because Chris mm-hmm. Bernhard brought it up, and I'm sorry for the nerd talk. Fun no, fact about fun really fun fact about Knights of the Old Republic. My younger brother was at one point the number one one of the top ranked Kotor players in the entire world that's that's some nerdy shit right there i used to walk into his room and he'd have like his headphones on and all the screens and i would just like fuck with him (laughs) (laughs) how can you get that good at a game like that i don't i don't get it (laughs) dude i i I wasn't like i was playing that game when i was like five Mm -hmm. and i would just get so frustrated like i would throw my remote at the floor because i was so mad like everybody would just kill me Five-year-old Khan was a bitch. Yeah, I was a fucking loser, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think this is a good place to end things as things are starting to slowly derail. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, I think I, I, I love when things derail on the, on the postgame. That's the magic of this show. Um, but yeah, there will be definitely more Knicks talk. There will be more Star Wars talk. Um, if Jeff wants to go on another rant, um, after the Hornets beat everybody or the Hornets get beat by 50 points tomorrow, um, I won't be on post game. Um, maybe Khan will be on. Um, yeah, we'll be discussing the original trilogy tomorrow. <laughs> Jeff, um, I think you'll be on as well, right? After you, I'm. I have from... to be. On, I have to be on late because I can't watch. I don't watch okay. Hornet, Hornets games at home, but I should be on at some point, assuming I make it home from whatever restaurant I watch the game at. All right, and when will you were going? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. Sorry. And then I are you Schwinn... are you like tr- are you like trolling me right now, or is that is that like? <laughs> no, that was very genuine. I'm. I'm... <laughs> Because that's like my number one pet peeve about this shit is I'm blacked out from watching Hornets games because they're like, oh, you could just go. It's like, no, I fucking can't. It's six hours away. What? That's oh insane. League Pass yeah. is so ass. Like, how, really is this a, how is this a product of the NBA? It's it's a terrible. It's it's really bad. And it's like it lags like crazy if you don't have it on TV. And yeah, ugh. I can't wait until YouTube TV gets it. Yeah, NBA doing bad. Um, but yeah, I think Schwinn should be on as well. I won't be on, but I will most likely still be watching the game or at least parts of it. Um, but yeah, I think um, 
yeah, make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. Thank you for all the amazing comments. Um, check out all the links in the description. We got links to the site, Patreon, where you can find Con and Jeff show, Strictly NFL, um, as well as other shows like Strick and Roll, um, Schwinn's solo pod. Um, and yeah, you can also get access to, I believe, the Friday version of Pod Strickland on there. So make sure you guys check out the link for that in the description we got links to the merch um jeff is wearing a mellow three to the dome hoodie that i think is still on the site and you can also get a link to our twitter make sure you guys are following us um to get access to all the great strickland content um and yeah they will catch you guys tomorrow so everyone enjoy the rest of your night enjoy your saturday until next game peace You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.